Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to another edition of The Weekend Show. My name is Ken Kidney, and I am joined by my thoughtful co-host, Gareth. Say hello, Gar. Sup. Sup, you're going sup this week. I'm super cool. Coming up on the show this week, we bring you the week in words, as always. We give you our picks of the week from around the web in NetPicks. And in our spotlight, we get nostalgic and give you our top 10 things from your childhood that you probably forgot existed until right now. Except not now, later. But before we get all nostalgic, Gart, tell the kind people at home about your week. Amiibo, Ken. Amiibo? Amiibo. I promised I promise myself I wouldn't get sucked into Amiibo mania. It's slowly happening. Slowly and surely I'm being sucked into wanting to buy all of them. Is the marketing machine invading your brain? Yes, yes it is. I bought a Charizard during the week because Charizard is amazing. And yeah. a Ness is on the way, a Shulk is on the way, and a, Yar- a Yarn Yoshi, which looks freaking adorable, is also on the way. There's about another 10 I want, and if I had the money, I'd go and buy them right now. Your room is so full of stuff. It is. And like, I'm gonna, just... uh, anyone that hasn't seen Garth's room, which I assume is most of our listeners, it's actually chock full of DVDs and collectibles and games. So uh, an Amiibo section is 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 going to is going to you're going to have to bust down a wall or something yeah. and build a new wing for your Amiibo, the Amiibo collection. Wing. There's like a, there's a pile of books in my corner as well, so I can put them on there because those books are never going to be read. Hi oh hi oh, how was your weekend? Uh, it was kind of quiet. A uh, big update in my quest for promotion. I got through to the final stage of the interview process. Hashtag so, hire Ken. Hashtag hire Ken. Hashtag Team Ken. Follow us on Twitter at TWSKK and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Sneaky, cheeky plug. Social media. So, yeah, I got through to the final stage. My cake antics I mentioned last week actually worked, which is surprising. Why don't you ever bake me a cake? Because I'm not trying to get you to give me a promotion. You don't You don't want to impress me? What, what promotion could I get from you? Like, number one brother? You, it, could, it could be a promotion over Ed. A what? It could be a promotion over Ed. What does that mean? Well, I could give you a promotion over Ed because you bake me cake. People don't know who Ed is. Ed... Oh yeah, we've mentioned Ed twice on the podcast, and both times we've edited it out. Yeah, I think we're going to do it again, yeah. just for fun. Yeah, every week we mention Ed, edit him out. Edit him out. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because no one's going to hear it's this. Kinda, it's kind of like on Jimmy Kimmel, where every every week he used to say that he ran out of time for Matt Damon. Yeah, until Matt Damon kidnapped him. We ran out of time for Ed. Except we never had any time at all. So, Ed, if you're listening, Ed is one of the people that listens, though, so maybe we shouldn't uh, jilt him. We so. shouldn't be alienating our, our large proportion of our listenership. <laughs> yeah. He could be construed as as much as 10% of yeah. our listenership. And he actually listens to the whole thing. If you're listening, Ed, Ed, we won't cut you. We love you. Most of the time. Okay, coming up next is your weekend words. Why not stick around? It's going to be very good indeed. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. What would you think about a machine that could record your dreams and then play them back to you like a film? For rats, this is no longer science fiction. Have you ever wondered what rats dream about, Gar? No, not really, honestly. Apparently, the long-awaited answer is finally here. Not surprisingly, the answer is 
food. Researchers from University College London made a discovery when they studied sleeping rats and found that when they were shown food in an unreachable location, they displayed activity in their nervous system that showed that they were dreaming about reaching the food. So they were like working out the solution in their in their dreams <laughs> trying to desperately get through the food to the food so they're dreaming that's just mean the poor rats are sleeping you know usually a place of peace for people but no they're taunting taunting the rats about where the food is and then they dream of the promised land yeah of actually getting that cheese the land of milk and honey as it were the land of cheese made out of milk and do they make cheese out of honey i'm sure someone does I imagine you put some honey maybe the greeks sounds like a greek thing yeah if you're listening greeks we're with you as you struggle yes or with everyone. Hashtag support Grace. Hashtag support everyone. Anyway, back on topic. The scientists are not 100% certain that the rats were dreaming, but the evidence points that way. And if it's true, the research shows that the gap between humans and animals is a lot smaller than we actually think. We all think about food all the time. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Where's your next meal coming from? Yeah. So it, it shows that rats actually anticipate the future, which is kind of a, a really like weird thing. Interesting thing. A little side note, uh, if you are friends with me on Facebook, you might have seen this post during the week. I was going home from work and I saw a a rat cross the road at the traffic lights like a person. Was this one of your real stories or one of your Ken stories? No, it's not a Ken story. It's actually a real story for once. No, I, I'm not joking. But like it actually stopped in front of a car like to, to avoid cars like it, like rats are clever. And then like, like it's like it knew to safe cross, cross code or something. Yeah. Stop, look, listen, live. Yeah. It didn't hit the invisible barrier when it tried to cross the road. And then, then as before it scurried off into the bushes, it turned back and looked at me to look at me as if to say, that's right. You I, just, can, I can cross a road. You just saw that. <laughs> uh, so electrodes planted in the rat's brain showed that as they slept, they, they, they were mapping the nerve cells representing the route to the food were active. So they're like, so they have problem solving skills and they, they dream. I'm not sure if they have a, an actual like uh, a visual dream like we would. So they don't have maybe there's not pictures, but there's a, there's something going on in their tiny rat brains. So a quote from one of the scientists says, if I may read it, our new results show that during the test, the hippocampus also constructs fragments of a future yet to happen. Interesting. Because the rat and human hippocampus are very similar, this may explain why pi- Patients with damage to their hippocampus struggle to imagine future events. I like that this is people's job. Yeah, as in they get like funding and grant money just to stare at rats all day and it's like, oh, this is going on in the rat's brain. How interesting. Yeah. But like, it's a really cool, cool thing because like they're making the link between like people who've had brain damage. So maybe they could, I mean, you know, people might not necessarily agree with testing on animals, but at the same time, it could make huge advancements in 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 repairing damaged brain tissue so can't argue with that i like to think that all lab rats are secretly pinking in the brain secretly plotting to take over the world yeah and the, the more we experiment on them the smarter they'll get and the more closer they'll get to taking over the world they'll like have a, a, a scheme and they'll get really close and then then something will foil them but then they'll try again tomorrow same thing we do every weekend try to take over the podcast world indeed my spidey senses are tingling and somebody is getting sued. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. The Supreme Court quoted Uncle Ben as it ruled with Marvel in a patent case regarding Spider-Man web shooters. In a case taken by inventor Stephen Kimball against Marvel over an expired toy patent, the court chose to uphold a 50-year-old patent ruling 
that let the comics company stop spending royalty payments to Kimball. The real news, however, is in the delivery. The lawsuit concerned Kimball's web shooter invention, a glove that shot foam string from its palm much like Spider-Man, which he patented in 1991. Those things always seemed much cooler than they ever turned out to be. Yeah, I never got one, but I got to play with one once, and it was like one of those things I played with it for maybe 10 minutes and I got bored of it. It's super disappointing because you're like, yeah, Spider-Man, but then you, you can't fling between buildings, so what's the point? And that stuff gets everywhere. Yeah. It's actually really messy. Marvel purchased the patent in 1997 and agreed to pay Kimball royalties indefinitely. Marvel later discovered a decades-old ruling which stated that royalties need not be paid after a patent expires, and the company stopped paying Kimball in 2010. Kimball then sued Marvel and brought the case to the Supreme Court late last year. Justice Elena Kagan had a little fun in handing down the court's decision with a reference to one of the franchise's most famous lines, saying, In this world with great power must come great responsibility. And they said, Denied! <laughs> I, I, think, I think everything should just be related back to that quote. Yeah. I like, I like the way they try to avoid saying it in the Spider-Man films now. You know, because it's almost become a cliche it's, as it's, such. It's delved into cliche, so they have to say it. You know, Martin Sheen kind of says it in in the the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, they kind of reworded it a bit. It, he says something to the degree of you have if you have the power to help people, you have an obligation to do it, which is the same idea. If you have power, you have a responsibility to act well with that power. So they're trying to find new ways to say with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, but like. The poor man lost his case, so he's no longer getting paid by Marvel. Marvel yeah. are nest- notoriously stingy, though, aren't they? Well, they paid him for, for 13 years. That's not bad. Yeah, but like like Ed Norton like stalled over money and he, and he was out. He was out. He's no longer the Hulk. Uh, apparently, though, he wanted to make a lot of creative changes that they were just like, just say the line. Say the line, Ed. I think you have an update that's related to Spidey-Gar. We have a new Spider-Man. We do. Tom it's Holland. Tom Holland. We're keeping the continuity. Spider-Man is still English. He's still English. I've never seen that much of him. He played Billy Elliot in the play. Yeah. And he's done a bunch of kind of British stuff that I haven't seen. Yeah. He's he's He looks more the part than some of the other people that are up for the role. I, I, I thought some of them looked very young. Yeah. It is an interesting move to go young just to kind of pull in the younger audience. Like the, the, the young teens and the, the children can kind of live vicariously through Spider-Man more because they, they can say like, that could be me as such so that's a, a clever move but i'm not sure if i'm in favor of a, a teen spider-man i th- i think it's better than having a 30 odd year old play play 17 though isn't it yeah that gets uh, that gets a little suspect after a while it's yeah. like when you have like arms the size of 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 cobras and andy and, garfield is blatantly not in his teens it's like you're super buff like no 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 t- teenager of 15 or 16 is that size unless you're on the roids. I just hope they don't do an origin story. I don't think they're going to do an origin story. I think they're going to do a jump in as 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 we go kind of thing. Because we, we've gotten two of them in the last it, decade. It we would don't be, need another one. Exactly. It would be way too contrived to do another origin story at this stage. Spider-Man's always been my favorite superhero. And so you're excited to see him? Uh, yeah, I always liked Spider-Man films. Even like the, the, the Amazing Spider-Man films were kind of, they weren't hugely well regarded, but I liked both of them. Are you are you a little bit jaded by by the reboots in Spider-Man this, at this stage? Yeah, I would, and I would have liked to at least get the end of Andrew Garfield's story first. Yeah, maybe I'd, three. I would have been okay with three. Yeah, uh, just and they're they're doing a, a Sinister Six film. I think they dumped that. Did they? Yeah. I would have liked them to dump Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man in there and finish that story there because they built up the Sinister Six through the two films. Yeah, and they could have done that as a third film, but then they were going to do it as a separate film. But now they're not doing any of they it. They just dumped, and they're doing a new trilogy with Tom Holland, as long with him being in the 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He, so he's going to debut in Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, it's our favorite word, Gar. We use it in every podcast. Synergy. Synergy between Sony and and Disney this time. So I imagine there's mega bucks involved in that deal. Yep. And keep, Sony keep some of the rights. Sony distribute the films anyway. Yeah. So and they they have creative input. I would have liked that Liam James was apparently in the running for it. He was in the way way back, and he was Young Sean in Psych for a while. He I was really the better like of the Young Shans. I really like him. I yeah, I would have liked him. I thought he would have really kind of nailed the comedy and the awkwardness of the role, which is kind of a lot of what Spider Man is. But we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe in two or three years when it comes out, to, and we might, and the podcast is going to be still going by then. So yeah. we will review it and let you know our candid thoughts. This Moving podcast on. is going to run forever. Even if no one listens. Moving on. If it's one thing this next story teaches us, it's be careful when taking your kids to the cinema stateside. A movie theater is in hot water after showing part of Insidious 3, the latest horror movie, instead of Disney's Inside Out. Oops. Kids watch Insidious 3 instead of Disney Pixar's Inside Out after Ohio cinema mix-up. A local mother reported terrified and questioning kids after an error led to the horror sequel being screened instead of the Pixar film. The mix-up apparently came from the two films starting with the letters INSID, I-N-S-I-D. The mix-up, which resulted in a theatre full of weeping preschoolers being treated to the opening reel of Insidious 3, was followed by an apology by the duty manager of the cinema and upgraded tickets for all because it's all okay now. Makes it all better. Uh, one of the mothers, Jasmine Moore, said, I got our money back, which is the, you know, was the main concern, not Most her. important part, not her children's well-being. She's going to need that to pay for all their, all their psychiatrist bills. Yeah. Uh, and then she went on to say, but the damage is already done. My children are terrified and keep asking questions. Mommy, why are children being murdered? <laughs> Moore stated that her young ones witnessed images of children being tied up and murdered before she and other, she and other adults removed their charges from the cinema. How? You can understand how the mix-up happens because you just mix up the titles, you put the wrong wheel in or the wrong disc in or whatever the way digital cinemas work. Yeah. How? You don't see the, the Disney logo. You don't see the Pixar logo. You don't see that the film isn't animated. How do you leave your children there long enough to see someone being murdered? Exactly. It's just like, like you're just like, wait a second. This seems off, but I'm going to just sit here for another while anyway. But do you know the way Pixar and Disney tend to pre- uh, prelude their f- films with a, a short now, like a short film? Yeah. Maybe they thought it was like a really dark short film. Really, 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 really dark. <laughs> well, this animation looks like real life. It's. I don't understand how parents can sit there and not realize they're not watching the film they went there to watch. Yeah, but it is America. You know what I'm bitter about though, Ken? Yeah, Americans are watching. Americans are watching Inside Out right now. Yeah, we're not getting it until July. Not until the end of end of July. Well, well, if you're in Ohio, you, you're not seeing it. You're seeing Insidious Three, apparently. Yeah, but it's it's just a funny thing that like I could almost picture those people going. I know this is wrong, but maybe I can get some money out of this. Yeah, just sit here for a while. My but children are scarred. Cleaning emotional trauma. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lawsuit out of this. <laughs> I don't think they quite go that far. You never know. Like, Unless the children are like literally not wanting to leave their rooms for weeks. And the poor duty manager who's probably 17 years old. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, miss. It's like your man from The Simpsons. Yeah. And he gets like, and it, like handing out the, the upgraded tickets. He's like, damn it, we never authorized that. You're fired. <laughs> and upgraded tickets as well. We've seen that more in cinemas here. It's like, oh, fancy middle seats you have to pay more for. Yeah. That's not the way I went to the cinema. No, everyone is equal in, in the cinema I went to as a yeah. child. We all... 
And it got so expensive. Like I remember it used to be like three pounds, old Irish pounds. Yeah. I don't know how much that is in today's money. Back in our day. Like two or three pounds. And now it's like eight euros. I mean, it's five fifty if you go to half eleven. In America, it's between ten and fifteen dollars. The UK is super expensive as well. Yeah, I mean, all it is is a film. Like, if you don't fill those seats, it's worthless to you. So, hmm. I think it's in your interest to have a cheaper cinema. Like, cinema is one of my main pastimes. So, I resent high ticket prices. Markup is in the popcorn. Yeah, but you can, like you can't do it without it, can you? I love popcorn. Like, I I've done films without cinema popcorn, and it's just like not the same even if it's a great film it's just like yeah this is 30 percent less good without popcorn (laughs) exactly and i will pay for the popcorn and popcorn is essentially worthless but they put they charge you like six euro for it it's worth a lot to my heart it it creates an experience that's that's what they're banking on it's also probably terrible for my heart (laughs) it's like a thousand calories or 1300 calories but yolo totally worth it these days it seems like this segment should be called the weakened set bladder because everyone's favorite footballing dictator is in the news yet again set bladder spoke this week at an event for a new fifa museum slated to open next year in zurich switzerland where the body is headquartered it was his most high profile appearance since appearing to step down on june 2nd and it came with the message i'm still here According to a BBC translation of Swiss newspaper Blick, Blatter stated he did not resign, but put himself and his office in the hands of the FIFA Congress. Sepp Blatter is trying to call takesies backsies. FIFA President Sepp Blatter yesterday insists he has not resigned, as he previously indicated. Blatter announced that he would step down earlier in the month in the wake of corruption scandals in the football's governing body. At the time, Blatter said he would not run in the new election. According to a Swiss newspaper, he's now quoted as saying that I did not resign. I put my mandate in the hands of an extraordinary Congress. This is coupled with rumours swirling that Blatter is considering running again. I, I, I think he just wants to make another film. You know, he passions too. It's like, oh, I know what went wrong with the first one. This one's going to become the big hit that people are going to love me for. So he wants, he wants to hold on for a sequel. FIFA are adamant that he's not running again. And I really don't think he will. I think he's just like, oh, people won't pay attention to me anymore. <laughs> Like, yeah, like, he seems like a, a huge attention seeker. It's just like, but like, maybe just like the panic is setting in as like the clock ticks down because he's got like six months to six to eight months now left. Yeah, think. he has so much money though and he's old. Just retire. Yeah, but he's selfish. He just doesn't mm, want to retire go. Retire happily gallivanting around the world with the money you got from all your corruption stuff. If you, and, yeah, <laughs> and your offshore bank accounts. Yeah. If if he were to run again, would he be reelected? Is is FIFA that backward? They re-elected them a month ago, so it's but not like, beyond the realms of, of, of conceivable that they'd re-elect him again. Basically, like what he's trying to argue is that he's he's not like he's not seeking re-election, but he's putting he's like like putting things back to zero as such. So he's leveling the playing field, and then like they can choose who they want, and he might run again. So what he's saying is he's freeing himself of the mandate and like, but like he's like like he's trying to say basically he's trying to wash his hands of everything that happened before and like say look I, it's I, different I, this time i swear yeah it's like look i'm not gonna run again but if you should happen to think i'm the best man for the job who am i to say no yeah who am i to to turn down your voting it's Sepp a democratic Blatter. process after all Sepp platter is awful he does give us plenty to talk about though but what 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 do you think united passions 2 would be about uh, his rise back to glory and his rebuilding of FIFA from the bottom up after the corruption scandals, duh. This time played by Liam Hemsworth, not quite Chris Hemsworth. You have to go, yeah, young, the the, the kind of Chris off. Light. He's like the 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 own brand Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, it's like 
the one that we can all afford. You go into the supermarket and it's like, oh, will I buy the Weedabix or will I buy the Bixie Wheats? He's the Bixie Wheats. We have to think of a cool name for the United Passions 2. United Passions 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. I got nothing. <laughs> uh, the Reblattening. That's terrible. That sounds, that sounds vaguely kind of intestines related. Yeah. It could be a horror. Well, the first one was a horror, so... Well, hey! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that just says it all about Sepp Blatter, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Let's move on. I think we've said all we can about Sepp Blatter. Amazing news yesterday as equal love swept the United States with one historic ruling. After a historic Supreme Court ruling, gays and lesbians can marry in all 50 states. On Friday, the U.S. Supreme Court delivered its long-awaited ruling on same-sex marriage in the United States, deciding the 14th Amendment requires the states to recognize same-sex marriage and a same-sex marriage performed in another state in a 5-4 decision. Of the nine Supreme Court justices, four are known to be liberal and were predicted to support gay marriage, with Anthony Kennedy holding the swing vote. The plaintiffs argued that not recognizing same-sex marriage uh, from another state is unconstitutional because such discrimination is a violation of the 14th Amendment right, which offers equal protection to everyone under the law. The amendment was initially used to protect black Americans after the end of slavery. That's kind of a cool note. Yeah, and uh, Anthony Kennedy was apparently put on the, uh, the court by Bush. If you wouldn't think a Bush-appointed Supreme Court justice would... <laughs> A favor same-sex marriage, but good so, for him. So eight years after his presidency, his presidency finally paid off. He finally produced something worthwhile. Finally, finally, like it's like if only like he could be president now, because then everyone would be like, "We love Bush." Yeah, good job for putting him there. The LGBTQ community will love Bush. I I found this out recently. They've added a Q, uh, which is questioning. Questioning, yeah. Yeah, I like. I thought it was kind of wordy as it was, or long as it, it was. It is a little long. It's getting a bit long now. But a quote saying from the the. The justices, the justices, just yeah, just justices, just die, just die. <laughs> Informing, <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to read the quote. Come on, sorry, Ken, be God. professional. We're not professional. I'm so sorry. I'll We're not the, professional. I'll go sorry. sit in the corner while you while you read it. A quote from Anthony Kennedy, who had the swing vote. In forming a marital union, two people become something greater than they once were. It would misunderstand these men and women to say they they disrespect the idea of marriage. Their hope is not to be condemned to live in loneliness, excluded from one of civilization's oldest institutions. They ask for equality, dignity in, in the eyes of the law. The Constitution grants them that right. That was really nice, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just like... Let's not treat people differently, yo. It's the rational decision. And like, like it's kind of cool that like no matter what anyone says, the, who, who thinks what, who has the influence and the power and the money... It all comes down to what their constitution says, and they upheld that. Yeah, now it's the law of the land. And whether the bigots like it or not, they're going to have to... Put up with it. Put up with it. I think it was 13 states are holding out. Yeah, and a lot of Republicans, or a lot of the Republican presidential candidates don't entirely support gay marriage still. But do you ever see them when they're asked about it? It's really funny. They kind of do the typical politician thing of going like, you know, if, if one of my friends was gay, I, I would go to a gay marriage. I just don't necessarily agree with him. Yeah. They're going to hell. We have to protect the institution of marriage. And someone like Trump, who has been married three times now, uh, is still going on about oh, protecting the institution of marriage. Which of his marriages do you think best represent the institution of marriage, Ken? And a side note, uh, Univision, which is one of the Spanish language television stations, actually dropped his Miss Universe passion after he claimed that all 
Mexicans are criminals and drug smugglers. And rapists or whatever yeah. he wants to say about them. And then, but like it turned into a bit of a mudslinging match because then he likened uh, Trump to the Charleston shooter, which was the wrong approach as well. Very much so. so. He has, uh, like, so he had the moral high ground and then he... Very much just obliterated it instantly. Exactly. So he had to apologize as well. Uh, good job, USA. You're now you're now up to date with Ireland, yeah. which was uh, to, until recently one of the most backwards countries <laughs> in the entire world. And for the leader of the free world to come after Ireland, there's something wrong there. We're we're, we're world leaders, can we lead opinion? Do you think our influence on this podcast has changed the U.S. stance? Yeah, let, let's spin that narrative. Yeah. Do you think Justice Anthony Kennedy was listening to us and went, "These guys really seem to think gay marriage is the business." Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. The weekend show changing the world one decision at a time. That was your week in words. More words next week. Coming up next, after you hear from my main man, Bruce, we bring you some of the best of the web with our net picks. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. So after we gave our Netflix, Netflix recommendations last week, we figured we'd, we'd expand it to everything on the internet with our, our witty and clever name, Netpicks. Netpicks. Don't sue us, Netflix. That's a play on words. They can't sue us. Technically, it's a new word. And it's, it's clever wordplay, Netflix. I appreciate clever wordplay. It's with an X as well, so it's edgy. So, uh, so this week, we'll recommend something to watch, something to read, and something to listen that you can find somewhere on the web, which is essentially anything. <laughs> anything. Because like, like, you can buy anything on the internet. Yeah. Technically, we can get away with saying anything in We can segment. recommend you a nice table that you can buy online. Yeah. Or some, some flowers that you can send to your mother. Yeah. So we're going to start with uh, something to watch. Ken? So last week in, uh, in the gaming segment, we talked about Atari a little bit and one of the perceived as one of the worst games ever made, E.T. So uh, what my recommendation from Netflix this week is Atari Game Over. So it, it basically tells the story of the of the the rise and then eventual decline of Atari and whether or not the failure of its E.T. title uh, led to their demise. Some people disputed, saying like the company was becoming financially strained already, and they were already already starting to lose money, and they kind of flooded the market with titles, and then everyone else came to market with their video games. So, like there was a video game boom, but as with anything, as it became overinflated, perhaps then flood of poor quality games. Yeah, uh, basically, they Atari was the biggest company at the time, as you know, and they were commissioned to make the ET video game for the film the steven spielberg film i've never actually played the game but i've seen videos of it and yeah. it just looks nonsensical like it doesn't work there's so many pa- uh, patchy parts or bugs in it. it it doesn't work it looks like just dots on a screen that don't really resemble anything now i mentioned this last week let's see if you can remember from development to distribution how long did it take six months four weeks four weeks four to five weeks i think it was just uh, just about five the shy of six weeks maybe because this was 1982 or so wasn't it yeah when you think three years later you got super mario brothers which to this day 30 years later stands up as a really good game yeah and you look at that three years earlier and it's rubbish it's it's garbage but like literally it was like and it like it's not a bad game for something that's made in a month yeah but uh, the real the real interesting part of this film, uh, it's a documentary directed by Zach Penn, who you might know from Avengers fame. It tells the story of, like, apparently when Atari went bust, they buried 
uh, as much as 700,000 cartridges, as well as joypads and other paraphernalia in a desert in New Mexico. And the, the, the deal was they're trying to, they're trying to figure out if this is an urban legend or not. And they wanted to dig it up and try and find it. And go searching the desert for a bunch of furry copies of E.T. So, so like, E.T. can go home. Yeah. So so like the, 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 the buried cartridges were from the old Atari 2600 in. I, I'm going to butcher this. I always butcher titles. Almogordo, New Mexico in a landfill in the 1980s. So when they went bust, they just put it all in the ground. And buried it. Encased in concrete just in case they would try to come back from the dead. Never to be seen again. But uh, like it was kind of interesting because like, it was uh, uh, Zach Penn and a friend of his like spearheaded this campaign. They're really interested in trying to like debunk the urban, urban legend or, and, you know, speak about how Atari had more of a significance than it was and had uh, had and it's kind of sad the way people see it as almost a joke now even though it was a pioneer of video games and we would have no video games today without it but it's it's reputation was so damaged by et and the way it 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 just disappeared as a company that like they, they do a bit to redeem atari which i liked as well you know it's kind of and give them their rightful place in history and that's what the idea with the dig was just a kind of a redemption as such and like the thousands of people turned out who were like fans of et fan of the games fans of atari to see the dig and like all the executive like the high-ranking executives from atari were there the creator of et was there uh and then they had like a little twist in the storyline because initially uh an environmental group in new mexico wanted to uh to block the dig because they were concerned that toxic waste might be dug up and there's well, a rumor it's the et game is a form of toxic waste <laughs> there's a rumor that that uh, there was lead-laced pigs buried somewhere nearby and they thought they were going to poison the the local people. The mayor also blocked it for that reason. He didn't think it was safe. Hmm. So it's an interesting watch. Like, if it, I won't, I'm not going to spoil it. I was, I did have a note on the result here, but uh, I don't want to spoil what happens. Check it out yourself. And I definitely recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's on all Netflix as far as I know. It's, and it's just a really like if you're not, even if you're not interested in video games, it's just a really interesting uh, like snapshot of 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 history to see how Atari nearly single handedly collapsed the entire video game industry. Exactly, and the link to ET was is kind of interesting as well. If if you're not a video game nerd, so it's definitely worth checking out. And it's not a very long documentary; it's just over an hour, so uh, it's not it's not a huge time investment either. What's your watch for this week, Gar? The exact opposite of not a time investment: seven seasons of The West Wing. If I have, like, one piece of, like, comfort food television, it's The West Wing. Because I watched the first 22 episodes this week. Yeah. And it's the third time I've watched them in the last two years. And it's 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 my comfort food of TV. Written by Aaron Sorkin, starring Martin Sheen, uh, Bradley Whitford, Alison Janney, Richard Chief. Uh, it's about the White House, the running of a country. And it's it's mostly just, it's surprisingly funny. Yeah, you know, for a show about running countries, is there an accusation that Aaron Sorkin reuses dialogue? He does art? it all the time, but and uh, like a lot of the stuff, he had a sports night from uh, it was ninety eight to two thousand, I think, and then the West Wing came so shortly after. Yeah, and he uses a lot of kind of ideas from sports night, even though one's about running a sports talk show and the other's about running the White House. And then he did it again in the newsroom, and he used bits and pieces for Studio sixty. But his writing is really good. You know, when yeah. it's on point, there's like a rhythm to it that's like it, you can't help but be sucked into his his weird Sorkin-y world, where his people know everything. Yeah, he has characters that just they, they just know everything. They're they're the smartest people on planet Earth. 
but he's the master of the walking and talking shot, isn't he? Yeah, that was the what the West Wing brought to television. That was their unique contribution, the kind of tracking shot through three or four or five minutes of just two characters talking to each other. Occasionally one would walk away, another would walk on. They keep on going. But it's 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 comfort food. It's There's a, a rhythm to it and there's a comedy to it. And it's mostly just chock full of great performances. Like Martin Sheen is the president I want to have. Yeah. And then there was a rumor that like people like he's technically an Irish citizen. He's mm. entitled to run for he's president eligible. of Ireland. Yeah, he could be our president. He doesn't want to, but people want him to. And he's kind of an ecological warrior and he, he kind of takes up a lot of causes. And as president, he could actually champion those causes, but he doesn't want to do it. I'd vote for him. Hashtag Martin for president. I'd vote for Martin Sheen as president. Well, Alison Janney is superb in it. Richard Sheaf is really good in it. Bradley Whitford, who you, you'd see in lots of things, wouldn't you? Bradley Whitford gets around. Yeah. He's always working. Yeah. He's in Transparent at the moment on Amazon as well. Fair play to him. Mm-hmm. And he's really good in it. Like It's just a, such a... and it, it is a big investment. It's seven seasons, 22 episodes a season. 40 minute episodes but at least you can binge watch it you don't have to wait because it's actually not on television anymore so yeah. you like you you can watch all of it in one go if you want and it's a supremely bingeable show as well it has that kind of addictive binging quality where you just want to get on to the next episode and just watch witty banter between very good actors okay Gar, where can people find the west wing if they want to check it out it is on u.s netflix so you have to if you're not living in the u.s you have to find that old workaround but yeah we're not endorsing illegal activity, but you know what to do. And I don't think it's technically illegal. I know, yet. but like downloads are. <laughs> yeah, downloading it is, but the, the old VPN workarounds, I don't We think cannot endorse downloading the West Wing. No. But if you do it, we can't stop you. You can buy it in box set. I buy it in box set. Yeah, it's quite cheap these days. It's quite I got reasonable. it for 70 bucks. It's probably cheaper at this stage. Yeah. That was about two years ago. And it's a really nice box as well. It's actually really nicely packaged. Oh. Yeah. So next up is uh, a recommendation of something to read. Ken, I kind of cheated. I went. I didn't go for something in specific, uh, specifically or in, in particular. I've also cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I went for Time Online. Now I recently subscri- uh, subscribed to the actual magazine, but like it's just a really like it's got really great photography, a really great layout. What what one of the key strengths is it breaks down information into digestible chunks, so it's not overwhelming. So like they have like like a really nice paragraph layout articles are not too long so like it's a it's a real way of like of like staying in touch with with the latest news from around the world and current ev- events and affairs without boring you to tears basically just like our week in words segment just like the week in words where we're like the time of podcasts but it's it's got fantastic articles from the best writers all around the world so it's like it's like a microcosm of the week it will just condense everything from the week into one book that's about 50 pages it's it's portable uh that's the, the 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 print version but all the content that's available on the magazine is available online and and they use the same principles for the online version they recently had a really fascinating interview with the prime minister of india and that was free to use like they have paid content they have free content like even just checking out the free content alone and then seeing if you want to pay for it i definitely recommend time online and they have an app as well that gives you the 12 most must see stories of the of the day so uh, that's another thing you can get it's in available in app form on ios and android and it's also available online at timeonline.com my my pick ties in with your film pick Ooh. it's console wars sega nintendo and the battle that defined a generation by blake j harris you can get it for around a tenner on amazon on the kindle edition that's the net link there yep very tenuous at best but it's what i've been reading this week it it goes through start like very much the starts with kind of the history of Nintendo and how they they were the ones that picked up the scraps of the video game industry bust caused by Atari 
Nintendo, along with stuff like Zelda and Donkey Kong and Mario Bros, kind of single-handedly kept the video game industry alive. And then Sega in the 90s decided they wanted a cut of that. And a war broke out, essentially. Because Nintendo were a very controlling controlling company. They kind of they were trying to learn the lessons of the crash. So they controlled every element of how a character is made, what goes into it, all the software. And they took considerable cuts of all of that. Because you have to buy the characters from Nintendo. You couldn't buy them from anyone else just to maintain quality control. Like, because of the Atari crash, Nintendo wanted to control every single element and they wanted a huge amount of quality control over all the video game industry which is kind of understandable they didn't want the same thing to happen again they're just kind of paranoid that they're going to fall into the abyss like atari did yep and sega sega came along in the 90s looking to take a cut of that uh, tom kalinsky who used to run mattel took over uh sega trying to take a cut of nintendo's share and nintendo were very much known as a company leaning toward children so Sega took the approach of, well, we're going to be edgy, we're going to be risky, we're going to aim more toward te- teenagers, we're going to take gaming to, their, their slogan was the next level. There's also a fascinating bit in about in it about the um, the Super Mario Brothers film, which was a total train wreck. And like, Have you seen it? I haven't, I've never actually seen it. Bob Hoskins, who, God bless his soul, he's now passed on said it was the worst film he ever made yeah apparently like it was rewritten multiple times directors came on and off board constantly they had different people in mind for mario and luigi and apparently on set was just a nightmare because no one was getting along and no one wanted to talk to each other yeah it's a weird thing that like they basically consciously pulled themselves away from the continuity of the game yeah and like they and it just made it really like uh koopa is actually a human being yeah Although I think he turns into a dinosaur at some point. Spoilers. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I think that because it's so confusing. Princess Peach hatches from an egg as a human. It's strange. It's bizarre. And and it could have been so good. And I think, I, I really hope they try again. There's rumors. Sony, remember the leaked emails? Yeah. There's rumors that they're looking to do a Super Mario animated film. Which would work way, way better. I, I think, think animated would work better than live action. I reckon that's that's a billion dollar movie done well. Because you even had the uh, the old animated cartoon in the eighties as well, which it wasn't great, but it was yeah. more true to the the actual uh, games. It was more true to the characters, and it had the little segments in between with the live action Mario, which were still terrible. <laughs> played by Captain Lou Albano, I think. Indeed, who was a former pro wrestler. So, Ken, what's your pick for something to listen to? My pick is another podcast. Uh, not to say that you shouldn't listen to our podcast. Mine is also a podcast. So, uh, my pick is Pop Culture Happy Hour. It does a lot of the same kind of things that we do. It talks about news, pop culture. Well, not so much news, so you won't get your news there. So, stick with us for your news. Yeah. But they talk about kind of uh, books, comic books, literature, video games. Films. Films, TV. And they just have a bit of a roundtable discussion on... And what they like, what they don't like, and uh, of the the biggest releases of the day in film and TV. Uh, one of the the main contributors who's on most episodes, Glenn Weldon. I do love Glenn Weldon. Follow him on Twitter. I'm Glenn. actually reading a book by him at the moment, the Superman, uh, an, an unauthorized biography of Superman, where he tracks like the history of the character from the 30s and 40s all the way through to today, and how the character changed to reflect like society at the time. It's a really good read. So that's a little. That's, uh, that's another thing to read. A little, a little another little net net picks there. So Glenn Weldon's on Twitter as well. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, uh, but at G.H. Weldon, I believe. G.H. Weldon, I was about to say. It's just a great critique. Very balanced and relatable. 
kind of the review for the everyman so they don't get kind of too highbrow about it or yeah. too technical they just kind of like give their gut reaction to it which i kind of really like you actually are also a fan of pop culture happy hour, i right? recommend it to you in the first place exactly so don't tell them that i'm just i'm trying to sound original yeah so or it's passing on the recommendation train yeah so what 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 do you like most about it i do i i enjoy it's it's just a smart discussion on on pop culture you know they they're actually kind of passionate about what they're talking about they're not like kind of cynical or like they, they don't love everything and i think they they generally try to avoid talking about things they don't enjoy which i, I always appreciate because you see a lot of like youtube series and a lot of um podcasts that go oh here's everything that's wrong with this or i'm just going to yeah. talk about bad things it's it's nice to see the approach of talking about something that's actually good and they're more constructive in this in their criticism as well they don't say this is terrible don't watch it they're like this is what was good about it this yeah. is what was bad about it anyway gar moving on to your recommendation also a podcast so like so like in your week you can listen to pop culture happy hour but you can also listen to the weekend show because us first us first and then them and everything they say they copied us yeah of course even though they are on, on friday and we are on sunday so technically they get there first uh i recommending mystery show which is a podcast by gimlet who also do uh, startup and the, the fantastic reply all as well uh hosted by stardy klein the basic premise is she finds a mystery and she goes and solves it but it's a mystery that can't be solved by the internet yeah it's not like oh, oh who starred in this and then you can just google it and it's like oh that person it needs to require some kind of journalistic investigative reporting work or in some cases, desperate... Yeah, desperate pandering to Britney Spears. Britney Spears, or, or, or like literally going out, like beating the street, knocking on doors, whatever she has to do to find... Stalking Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Stalking Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I, she actually got Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, she jocked, uh, the, there was an episode where she was trying to find out the height of Jake Gyllenhaal, because apparently this is a very contested thing. Closely guarded secret that Jake would not tell anybody. Yeah, so she was trying to uh, track down Jake Gyllenhaal to ask him how tall he was. But my favorite episode was the belt buckle episode. Yeah, that was really nice. Where this, won't give any spoilers. So. This man has a belt, had a belt buckle that he, he found on the side of the road. And it was uh, had a special inscription to, uh, to a particular person from a particular person. And he wanted to know, well, who... And it was a kind of a very distinctive belt buckle. It had like a toaster that popped toast up and down. That was really cool. Yeah. There's a picture There's of it. There's a picture of it online. Uh, and he wanted to know whose was it. So she went out and tried to find whose, uh, whose was it. And seriously, listen to it. It's, it's a relatively long episode. Yeah, it's but one of the longest it's totally ones. worth it. The payoff in the end, it's totally worth it. Let's just give a totes emotion warning. Yeah, it's, it's you, I, I, I nearly cried. A totes <laughs> emotion. Like, I, I know you have a language advisory, but I think in today's world, you should have a totes emotion yeah, advisory. This might make you cry. So that's Mystery Show by Gimlet, hosted by Starley Klein. Of This American Life also. So next week, we'll give you a few more net picks. We will indeed stick around for our spotlight as we take a walk down memory lane. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. We've been feeling a little bit nostalgic this week, so we thought we'd jog your memory by recalling the top things that you totally forgot existed until right now from the 90s and early 2000s. This list is in no particular order because I was too lazy to rank them, basically. Fair enough. So if you grew up in the 90s and early noughties, I really hate the term noughties. I do. It's, it's a terrible, terrible way to... to I prefer like thousands. Yeah. Even thousands? though thousands technically expresses every... every it's like... A, every decade. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit too wordy, but it, it sounds really... Naff. naff yeah, yeah, basically, for want of a better word. So get ready for some flashbacks. I will I will take an exception with your use of totally forgot existed, Ken. Go ahead. Probably forgot existed. 
Okay. It, it reminds me of all those Bud Buzzfeed uh, articles. They're like, oh, 10 things you t- didn't see in this or 10 Easter eggs you totally missed in this film. It's like, you don't know what I missed in this film, Buzzfeed. Don't you tell me what I think. I'm an observant person. Yeah. Screw you, Buzzfeed. Okay. So as I said, no particular order. It's just a list. 10 things. 10 things. Although I, can't, I, I did it from 10 to 1. I don't know why. Because that makes it sound like it's a countdown, but it's not. It's like some kind of obsessive compulsion. These things are so random as well. I actually couldn't rank them if I tried. Yeah. So the first thing is, if you remember this, Gar, battery-powered LCD video games. Are we talking like Tamagotchis? Kind of like that. I could you, you could include that, but they're like the really cheap things that like they had the same background the whole time. Yeah. It's actually like a, an image that they like pla- stuck stuck on there, and like I, I I remember us having a Power Rangers one. Yeah. And then like you could just like kick kick punch punch, and then if if like this like really horrible animation of him falling on the floor or whatever. Like so they're very they were very very limited. You had loads of different ones. You had Star Wars. There was a bunch of other Disney ones, like The Lion King and, and stuff like Nintendo that. Nintendo had the, the Game & Watch ones as well. Yeah, and there was Batman. Which were the precursors of the Game Boys. Yeah, they're like even smaller. So like, uh, do you remember playing these games, Gar? Uh, vague. I kind of remember having them. Yeah. But I don't really remember what they did. <laughs> That's why I put them on the list, because it's kind of a thing like, I remember like what they look like and having them. But like, first of all, the battery ran out really quickly. Yeah. And they broke extremely easily. And, like, they were really limited, obviously, because it's, like, LCD and, like, it's a tiny chip in there. So, like, the game lasted probably 10 minutes, probably. Yeah. Total. I remember remember the old, like, text-based Pokedex. Yeah. That was great. Awesome. Back in the days before the internet, when you wanted to know all about Sand Slash, you couldn't look it up. Yeah. So you had to have this little text-based. It was just a text crawl yeah. of, of, of just random Sand Slash-related facts. I remember we both got one for we Christmas. We did. Those were the best. It's because, like, we couldn't have one between us because we couldn't share one. But like, I remember like literally like if I don't get this, I'm going to run away from home. It's a real Pokedex in my hands. I'm a trainer now. Number nine is Talkboy. I've never owned one of these. It's essentially a recording device. You record your voice. You can fast forward and rewind it and play it. I think there was sound effects, but I'm not sure. But the only reason it was famous and this was a really clever marketing ploy it was in Home Alone. That's that's the best way to get anything <laughs> straight yeah, to our hearts. Macaulay Culkin, he used it to kind of fool the baddies. Wasn't Richie Rich essentially just a giant product placement film? I, re- I remember there being McDonald's in it. He has no McDonald's in his house, yeah. So yeah, it's same in, uh, same in Home Alone. So, so Talkboy, I never had one. Did, did you? I don't remember, I, I us, don't having, remember us having one, no. No. I never, it seems like it would be kind of neat, though. Kind of neat, but I, know, like, I reckon it's another thing, like, what would you do with it? I do remember having tape recorders. Yeah, I do remember having a bit of fun with that. Yeah, where you can steal songs off the radio. And having like, and I had I had a little Fisher Price one with a little microphone. I used oh, to, I remember that. Yeah, that yeah. was cute. And I had like rubber on the side, so you could literally hop it off the floor, and yeah. nothing would happen. But like, I can see the kind of allure in it, for, like just because like you're playing, you know, pop star or whatever. I yeah. think we've all done it. But uh, no one wants to hear me sing. No, nobody wants to sing me here either. Sing me here. Sing me here. Nobody wants to hear me sing either. Talkboy, not something I owned, but literally when I, I, I was looking up this segment, I saw this and I was like, oh yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing. And I don't think it would have been anywhere near as successful if they brought it out today because it's like, where's the screen? Yeah. <laughs> where's where's the Wi-Fi connectivity? My iPod does this. Why can't yeah. I share it to Twitter? Yeah, exactly. Why can't I create a Vine with what I do? I really think the Home Alone link really was what brought it success rather than the actual toy itself. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. This is an obscure one on number eight. Milkmen. As in, that's not a, a, a product or anything. The people. Yeah. They just disappeared one day. I remember like every couple of days we used to get milk. We used to get milk, yeah. The guy used to show up and he used to, t- he used to bring the milk. Not quite as 
as much as the old days where you used to leave the bottles and yeah. used to take them away and bring you new ones. They bring you a cartons of milk, you order however many you would want. Uh, I think it was just with the advancement of supermarkets. Yeah, and the kind of proliferation of them. Yeah. You, you didn't actually have to travel to go to a supermarket anymore. There's usually one almost within stone's throw of you unless you're at the back of the beyonds. Yeah, but like, like I think like I'm told that people still use them. I've, I, I, I've never seen them. I wonder what milkmen are doing today. I know. It's just like, is there a retirement home for milkmen? Yeah, they just deliver milk to each other. It's just like, Cause it's like what, what's the transferable skill there? What can they deliver? I don't know what newspaper. We never had really newspaper deliveries in this country. Yeah, it's not really a thing. So like, I just remember like I can't remember when exactly, but the milkman just disappeared. And you used to have to, you know, tell them you're on holiday, so you didn't <laughs> deliver. They didn't deliver. So you didn't a bunch have of a milk. pile of, st- of of spoiled milk on your porch. Yeah. Ah, milkman. You want to take the next one, Gary? Uh, Velcro balls in at number seven. Yeah, the the little circular circular thing that you had, uh, was made out of Velcro, and then you threw the ball at it. It would catch the ball. It's like yeah, and like. It's a tennis ball, so yeah. I don't know. Like it's just like putting another a needless step in playing catch. Yeah, I, I mean it's just like it's just a, a, a sad indictment of children. They're too lazy to catch a ball, so they <laughs> had to get the velcro to do the job Sit for them. Hold it, yeah. Or people who are lonely and you can't play catch. You can play catch by yourself. You can set it up on a wall and throw it. As with most things uh, of our childhood, it's another thing. I have played with this. I have have used it. I think yep. you have as well. But like. Literally five minutes is all the entertainment you'll get out of it. So your your parents like you bug your parents to get it because everyone else has it. Yeah. And then when you get it, you're just like, "What did I want this for?" Velcro is kind of disappearing in general now, isn't it? Yeah, you don't get Velcro shoes anymore. No. On a side note, light up shoes. They're the best. Yeah. <laughs> light up shoes are sign that you're you're a cool kid. Exactly. If you didn't have them, you were poor. Yeah. But like. But Velcro I, shoes are a sign that you're too dumb to tie your laces. <laughs> exactly. But your uh, but your parents were like were like totally up for buying them because they could see when you were coming and just vacate <laughs> the premises. Do you remember those Velcro wall things where they put you in a Velcro suit and you bounced off a trampoline into the wall? No, it does still exist. I only remember that because it was in an episode of Lizzie McGuire. It was also on the Wolf of Wall Street when they threw a, mu- a midget at the wall. Oh, yeah. So maybe it's an 80s thing. It might be an 80s thing. I remember from Lizzie McGuire. This is a, one of the most the dumbest ones on the list in at number six. Inflatable furniture. Was inflatable furniture ever actually a thing? Do you remember it? Like you'd have an inflatable armchair and you'd have inflatable footstools and you might have like an inflatable couch. <laughs> no. And it was like made of really cheap plastic and it was like mo- mostly colored. It would be like bright, like neon pink or neon green or Did, blue. Don't bring or, knives near it. Like literally, and you couldn't have any. You couldn't put anything on it, like because it was so rounded. You couldn't rest a cup of tea on it. It would fall off. Or you couldn't, uh, you couldn't, you know, spill tea on it would start melting. (laughs) Exactly. It just became, it was like it was the early 2000s and like everything was like naff and like fake. (laughs) I don't know. I I really don't know where it came from, but I remember like every house having one for a while because it just became a real trend. It's like, it's just like, like we don't have to pay for a real couch. Let's just get a a, a blow up one. Was it that comfortable? No, they really weren't. And they're really hard to get out of once you sat in them. (laughs) You get stuck. I I have no no idea why this became a thing, but like I I just remember everyone having one and and just be like, why is this such a thing? I'm gonna and fill I, my house with fatal flowers. I did ask for one for Christmas, and my and our parents told me no, because it's stupid. And they're it's smarter only, than us. Exactly, it's only now that I can see that it was stupid. Good, good call, mom and dad. Good call, mom and dad. Number five, and I really miss this even now as an adult. Prizes in cereal. Yeah. You don't see it anymore. Like not at all. Back in the day, you used to get something like a, a Lion King toy, or yeah. I remember Rugrats table uh, uh, pencil toppers, or I think you get spoon toppers as well. And we got those uh, Simpsons fridge magnets. Yeah, those were there for ages. Those were awesome, and or uh, they had 
Star Wars Phantom Menace uh, little busts. Or you collect the, the, the vouchers and send away for your Rice Krispies bowl. Exactly. Or, or our Postman Pat Cups. Or Disney bowl. I love their Postman Pat Cups. Awesome. But uh, I can only assume there's some kind of lawsuits from choking children or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they're just eating cereal out of the box and they choke on it. They choke on it. So it's like, uh, and you just like see an x-ray and like a little Simba in their, <laughs> yeah. in their, in their large intestine or something. You know what I miss? What? You remember you used to get like multi-packs of crisps? Yes. And they used to have like, oh, mostly cheese and onion potatoes and then like two bags of munchies. Yeah. Or something like that. I miss that. Yeah, just a random. Yeah. Get the munchies or the waffles in there with the cheese and onion potatoes. Just a bit of variety, a bit of surprise. Now it's just all cheese and onion potatoes. But those did cause fights because did, there was only two of them. Two so. of them. And there, there was three of us in the family. He was like, I want the munchies. So like, like and then you go to get the munchies and so like one of us had taken both of them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're greedy. Uh, number four novelty stationery pointless point so like things like erasers that like you know that shape like cats and dogs and frogs Cartons, and trains yeah uh they looked really cool but actually entirely useless as erasers because they just smudged a page yeah the, 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 the ones that the rubbers that don't actually work yeah they don't, literally they don't work they're just made of like cheap rubber i don't know what they were scented markers never got it no no look my marker smells like strawberry pens with glitter which were the bane of all my teachers they're just like super cool though use a blue pen i want my glittery writing my glittery purple pen i want it to pop off the page multicolored pens not not the ones you get these days where it has three colors the ones that have like 20 colors the highly impractical (laughs) jump never worked you always got them stuck when you're trying to switch between them and they're like jumbo size so they're really hard to write with yeah I, I and the ink there was pretty much no ink in any of them and they'd run out instantly there also had these like do you, do you remember those pens where like they had like little rubber heads and there was like a bunch of them and, you could, and there were different colors and you could switch them around that's cool i have a kermit the frog pen yeah so they like it doesn't really look like kermit it looks like kind of kermit kind of 20 years from now when he's falling apart yeah so he's had some tough times but yeah they had like these little pens and like like they had loads of little rubber heads and inside the body and you could pull one off the top put it up the end and then push up the one that's next yeah i don't see the point of having that many rubbers in one pen i don't understand what it was but it was a thing that like if your friend had it you had to have it you're just like mom and dad if you love me you will get me this <laughs> useless <laughs> stuff the stupid things children obsessed with that it's like i need it i need it my pencil case is incomplete without it yeah. i will never learn anything extendable pencils which always broke what are blow pens blow pens like uh they're, they've got like paint or ink inside and you blow in the end and it comes out the other end that seems impractical and it kind of makes a pattern kind of like graffiti ah, so it's like a stencily thing yeah they're still around you can still get them their entire like but like i just remember like having a pencil case full of stuff and like there was a small fraction of stuff that was actually useful mm. and Pen- the rest of it pencil, was ruler and yeah. the rest is rubbish <laughs> the rest is rubbish that your parents were forced to buy so number three i think every kid remembers this slap bracelets yep the old thing is you have to slap around your wrists and they wrap so around they and... straighten out into yeah. a, i don't know what the practicality of what that was was it a ruler i don't know but like you'd straighten it out and it had all sorts of funky colors and designs on it and then you'd you'd smack your wrist with it and then it would just wrap around and wrap, tie itself tie itself so like like literally the novelty rise off and like instantly instantly it's just like oh okay that's okay. done i do never it. need to see these things again <laughs> exactly uh and I remember they got banned from our school because naturally kids started using them as weapons. <laughs> started whipping each other with the slap bracelets. So, and they're metal on the inside. So yeah. they're actually really... They actually so, hurt. Yeah. So kids started using them as weapons. Kids are, that's the moral of this, this, this whole segment is that kids are kind of stupid. And they're cruel. Yeah. Kids will find a way to weaponize, the, weaponize most mo- anything. the most mundane things. They'll weaponize toys. Tip X your eyes shut. Two 
Push Pops. Do they not sell the Push Pops anymore? No, they're not around. I haven't seen them in a while. You know what? They're, 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 they're kind of... They are kind of unhygienic, aren't they? Terribly unhygienic. Like, because, like, you lick it and then you put it away and then you might keep it for days. Yeah. And then you come back and, like, like and you're like, it's still your saliva, but it's, like... Icky. Old saliva. I don't know. It's like Super really... Super icky. And, like, then you get those psycho kids that share share Push Pops because yeah. they're, like, devil may, may care with their, their personal hygiene and their health. You, you you are very against that, are you? Yes. And there's people that share chewing gum as well. That's creepy. Oh, God, yeah. I think there, there was an episode of Judge John Hodgman once where it's like he was determining whether or not someone should share chewing gum. <laughs> I can't remember his ruling. Push I'd rule against it. Push pops were something that like, like I can't I can't lie. I was super into as a kid. It's like, oh, my yeah. God. It's like a, it's a, like a, a lollipop like... that you can save for later. <laughs> exactly. It comes with all that bunch of dumb stuff like the, the juice you can squirt into your mouth and it's yep. sour and and like all that poisonous stuff that you like your, your parents like why don't you just get a chocolate bar a normal chocolate bar why does it have to be all this all this stupid novelty things all this e-number nonsense like yeah like or this sherbet that you that you suck for like a minute and you get spitting it and you can't get it out so you have to cut off the top of it you know what this made me think of what lucky dips oh yeah i miss them can you explain? Like, it's not officially on the list. Can you explain what Lucky Dips are? To it's essentially a bag of things that you don't know what's going to be in them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just... like you, I do remember them. Like, you get sweets and you get a toy and you like get a, a, a coloring book or comic stickers. or a coloring book or something like that. And it's like, it's, it's a children. It's like a, a, a six-year-old's dream. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mystery bag of random things you might enjoy. Yeah. And then, like, your parents were like, yeah, you're going to throw all that stuff out. You're not getting it. And I was like, get it for me or I'll scream this shop down. I swear to God. And then you do throw it all out. But that's not the point. Exactly. I don't see them anymore. No, I don't think they're, like, like I remember they were specifically, they're in a yellow bag and they're yeah. like a mascot. I think it was a frog somehow. I miss Lucky Dips. I'd buy it. I, I, if, 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 I, if anyone can tell me uh, at, on Twitter at TWSKK or Facebook.com forward slash TWSKK, if you can tell me where in Cork I can find Lucky Dips, I'm going to go buy one. Or lucky bags, I think they're called. Yeah. Yeah, so if you can find us a lucky bag, then we will follow you back on Twitter yeah. or Facebook. The last one is a cartoon, because like, we can't talk about 90, a 90s list of children as a cartoon. Now, we all remember Pinky and the Brain. But Brilliant. Do, do people remember Pinky, Elmira and the Brain? <laughs> so the original run was from September 19th, 1998 to April 10th, 1999, which seems like quite a long time. But uh, it's only it was, one season, though. It was a spin-off of a spin-off. Like, so Pinky the Brain being a spin-off of Animaniacs. And the show revolved around Elmira, who was spin-off from Tiny Toons. It's like the worst character She's from Tiny Toons. so obnoxious. I don't understand why that character exists. It's and like, oh, here's, a, here's an obnoxious person. Enjoy that. She's going to annoy you for 10 minutes. And you're going to turn... Like, as a child, every time she came on Tiny Toons, I would stop watching it until she was Just gone. make you irrationally angry. So she adopts Pinky and the Brain after, uh, from the pet store after their laboratory is destroyed. Yes, she, she adopts a turtle and Pinky and the Brain are inside the turtle's shell. So they still try and, and take over the world, but Elmira thwarts them. All of this is covered in the theme song. Yeah, the extraordinary long It's theme a 90 song. second theme song that covers literally the entire like origin story of the, yeah. the, 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 the spin-off. Which, which as a child is an eternity. It's yep. like, where are the cartoons? What Even are you doing? The, it is a catchy theme song. I think Brain sums it up best at the end of the theme song when he says, I deeply resent this. That is apparently like Pinky and the Brain was famous for trying to slip things past the censors. Yeah. And apparently that is literally the creators of the show saying, we don't like doing this. Somebody is paying us. Uh, we have contracts and families, so we're going to have to do this. 
But uh, Pinky and the Brain, genius. I, I have, one I have, of the best cartoons you'll ever find. It was so clever. Like, it was spun off from Animaniacs, but it was something, it was an entity in its own right. I have them on on DVD, yeah. and I've been making my way through them. I, it reminds me of, we were talking about Phineas and Ferb last week. Where yeah. It's, it's the exact same formula every week. They come yeah. up with some kind of plot to try and take over the world. They fail, they end up back in the lab. But like Phineas and Ferb, it's just what they do with that and the humor yeah. they brought to it. And as you said, like, they snuck things past the censors for, for adults, so... It, like you can appreciate it as a child it's wacky it's zany it's a cartoon but like if you're an adult you're not going to beat your head against the wall watching it because it's actually smart and it's it, like the the satire is on point with it and uh pinky Elmer in the brain was a sad shell of yeah. what pinky in the brain was i like how like at least 30 percent of pinky in the brain goes straight over my head these days because it's yeah. all 90s pop culture references strangely enough i know all of them but probably because i we like, read wikipedia all you're day. a bit of a freak yeah narf Tras, Zort. Is that it? I think there. No. Point. Point. Yeah, he says point is that, and I and, and Brains is like, don't make me hurt you, Binky. <laughs> uh, I wish that if if there's any cartoon I'd like to see them bring back, it is that. Assuming they have the same voice actors. Yeah. Rob Paulson and Morris LaMarche. Definitely, those those guys are the guys that you want to see. Yep. Because like, they still work today. Like uh, recently, um, mm. Frozen, the dad in Frozen. Yeah, Marshall Marsh was the dad in Frozen. But like, I think it's something you could bring back. I think it actually would really succeed if you brought it back. Especially in this age of Phineas and Ferb and Gravity Falls and Adventure Time, that kind of shows. So it didn't last long. It and Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers aren't doing much anymore, are no, they? No, like, they do a, a, a Looney Tunes cartoon now. They're really not making taking advantage of their properties. Not like, at all. At all. Like They really could have a, a thriving... I think they're... Their their film animation is tr- is thriving now at the moment with the Lego Movie and things yeah. like that. But like they could really have a thriving television. Bugs and Taz and Tweety Bird are all kind of disappeared. Oh, uh, like yeah. Uh, speaking of things you forgot existed, Tweety Bird. Bird. Yeah. Like the, the 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 Looney Tunes is one of the most underutilized franchises in in Hollywood. I think. Yeah, and then if you extend that to the likes of the Animaniacs and the likes of Pinky and the Brain, those kind of characters, people love those characters. Yeah, but I'm surprised they just let them die. Maybe Pinky Elmire and the Brain killed off. Them. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> drove the fan base away. It got it got cancelled after thirteen episodes. I deeply resent this. So I hope you aren't cringing too hard after that segment. Hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK or Twitter at TWSKK, as Gareth said earlier, to take us to task over anything that we've omitted or to share your own list. We will be right back after more of the fabulous Bruce to say goodbye. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. Okay, beautiful people. So if you're out there listening in podcast land, thank you for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. You can find a new episode every Sunday at soundcloud.com forward slash the weekend show and all good podcast providers. We recently joined a, a new provider, which we're not allowed to talk about. One of the terms of being accepted to this podcast provider was we're not allowed to mention them by name, which is quite strange. It's a very odd rule, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's just say Steve Jobs would be proud. Wink. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Please do, because we're, we're, we're vain like that. We're vain, but we'll talk to people. We will talk back. We want to interact. We want to hear your thoughts on the show. We want to hear what you think of segments or what what give us your own list of nostalgic items, as we said. So follow us on facebook.com forward slash TWSKK or on Twitter at TWSKK. That's TWSKK, as in the weekend show with Ken Kidney. No mention of Gar. No mention of Gar. Yes. You're working your way up the ladder. So you tell me. Earning your stripes. 
But like if you if I just give you too much status, you might leave me. Mm, so we're still on we're still on the pyramid scheme, are we? Exactly. So if you invest ten thousand, then maybe I might put your name in the podcast. Our theme music is by Mr. Drawn, and until next time, say goodbye, Gare. Bye bye. Take it easy, everybody.